prophetic portion of scripture that you're hearing this morning, uh, Luke chapter 16, let's turn to Luke chapter 16 with me, and our lesson will be coming entirely out of Luke this morning, Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31, now before I, let's, let's look here, it says Luke 16, beginning at verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which were passed from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Verse 31, he said unto them, If they hear not Moses, and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I'd like to use for a thought this morning, a glimpse into a place called hell. Listen to the Lord. Tell me God, we thank you. Father God, after the songs, after the tongue, the word of God, must go forth, Lord. So Father God, we come asking, as always, Father God, that you would search us, remove anything that should not be heavenly, Father. Father God, we come confessing that we all have fallen short by word, by thought, or by deed. We thank you and rejoice in the fact that you have more forgiveness in you than we have said in us, Heavenly Father. So, Heavenly Father, we come asking that you would unstop our ears to be able to hear the revealed word of God, that you would soften our hearts to give us an obedient spirit and to open our minds to be able to process that revealed word, Father God, and apply it to our lives. Father God, I can pray that you would search me, Lord, with anything, anything within me that should not be, Lord. I come confessing. That I have fallen short by word, by thought, and by deed. Rejoice, rejoicing and shouting hallelujah. That you have more forgiveness in you. That I have sent to be heavenly. Father, I pray that you would lead me down into your strength of knowledge with me. Allow me to get in heavenly ground just one more time. And boldly proclaim what thus does say the Lord. Just come pray that you have your way right now. Father, heavenly Father, everything that we say and do. I pray in the words of my mouth and the message of my heart. Be simple in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my name church. Say amen. Amen. A glimpse of a place called hell. You know, it's fascinating to me that many believers will readily, not just believers, when we talk about Christian folks and folks just in general in the world, they will 
only embrace the realities of heaven, but when it comes to hell, they struggle. Now, if we say that the word of God is true, which it is, then if we accept heaven, then we must accept the realities of hell. Amen. This passage before us this morning tells about a place called hell. Amen. Now, I know that the very idea of hell is mocked and ridiculed by many in our modern world. However, I still believe the Bible, and the Bible is clear in its teaching that there is a place called hell. Even though the Bible has much to say about hell, the doctrine is still ridiculed by many today. The idea of hell is usually attacked along three lines of thought. And one of those lines is you have, the, you have rationalism, which says, the rationalist says, there is no God, therefore, there can be no hell. Charles Darwin said, this referring to hell, is a damnable, that, that hell is a damnable doctrine. But I say, let God be true and every man a liar. Then you have ridicule, those who ridicule the doctrine of hell say, there may be a God, but it is silly to speculate about millions of disembodied spirits frying in a lake of fire somewhere. Or this is the 21st century, wake up, Robert Ingersoll, a famous atheist of the early part of the 21st century said, the idea of hell was born of revenge and brutality on the one side and cowardice on the other. I have no respect for any man who preaches it. I dislike the doctrine. I hate it. I despise it. I defy this doctrine. But I say, let God be true and every man alive. Then we have religion. The religionist says, there is a God, but he is a God of love, and therefore he would not or could not send anyone to hell. This is the position, understand me, this is the position of all the cults and of the liberals. Christian science says, hell is an error of the mortal mind. Jehovah's Witnesses, the wicked will be annihilated. Mormonism, amen, all will eventually be saved and will not suffer eternal punishment. Seventh-day Adventists, God will someday blot out all sin and sinners and establish a clean universe once again. The laws will burn up like a broom sage field, amen. Again, I say, let God be true and every man alive. Much of what we know of hell, we learn from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He was the greatest hellfire and brimstone preacher in the word of God. Of the 162 references to hell and eternal judgment in the New Testament, 70 were spoken by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the question becomes, why did Christ speak so much on this subject? First of all, he believed in hell's reality. Secondly, he wanted to warn men about hell because he did not want them to go there. Of all the passages that dealt with hell, the one before us this morning is the greatest of them all. In this passage, Jesus literally grips the lid off of hell and allows us to look into the things that are happening there right now. We are allowed a glimpse into a place called hell. Now before I get too deep into this message this morning, I want to clarify one thing for you. Amen. This place that we consider this morning is not the lake of fire. Amen. The lake of fire is where the laws will go after the great white throne of judgment. The place we're considering this morning is where the lost men go when they die, amen, is a temporary holding area for the sinner. When a person leaves this world without Jesus 
to heaven to be 
and you cannot miss both. My God, watch this thing. Man was given an immortal soul, and that soul will live on forever, whether it's in heaven or in hell. And after that, that soul will be clothed in some sort of a body that can indeed experience the sensations that were so much a part of life. Amen. Hell is a place of sensation. It is real, and it will be experienced by all those who will go there. So we find, first of all, that hell is a place of sensation. But then we find, secondly, that hell is a place of separation. Look at verse 26. The hell is a place of separation. Look at verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from there. Watch this. Notice that the rich man found himself separated from Lazarus and Abraham by a great gulf. The Bible says that this gulf is fixed. That is, it will never be taken away. This separation is eternal. The rich man found himself separated from everything that Lazarus enjoyed. And then no doubt one of the greatest torments of hell will be the separation from all the joys and wonderful things that life itself has to offer. For instance, there will never be another sunrise or sunset in hell. There will never be heard the laughter of a child, the gentle blow of summer breeze, the fragrance of beauty of flowers. Amen. There will be no one to ever tell you that they love you. There will be none of the things that make life worth living. Amen. Hell will be devoid of all the good things of life. No family, no friends, no fellowship. Amen. Nothing but endless isolation and eternal separation. In hell, the, sin, the lost sinners will never hear another sermon. Amen. In hell, they will never hear another gospel song, nor will anyone ever witness to them again. They will never be handed a Bible tract or a daily bread to read, my God. They will never be able to see or read their Bible. There will be no churches in hell. Amen. None of the things that point to lost to Jesus will make their appearance in that place called hell. But of all the things, my God, that the sinner will not see in hell, the worst will be the separation from the presence of Almighty God. I'm on track so far this morning. Imagine being in a place this morning, church, where there is no mercy, no more grace, and no more love, or the presence of God. My God, nothing but endless hell and endless separation from the one who loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you. My God. So hell is a place of separation. Hell is a place. Hell is a place of sensation. Hell is a place of separation. Then we find 30 that hell is a place of suffering. Look at verses 24 and 25. Hell is a place of suffering. Amen. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. And cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And when this passage makes it very clear the fact that hell is the place of intense suffering. Verses 24, 25, and 28 paint a vivid picture of what hell is like. The word torment is literally the word torture. Amen. The rich man is a place of extreme pain and torture. 
The verb torment in verse 24 is in the present tense. Amen. This reminds us that the torment of hell, it doesn't cease. Amen. Amen. Man does not simply burn up as some of the cults teach, but he endures the pain and torment of hell eternally. If this was, a, if this was the only place the Bible speaks of hell as a place of suffering, we might get it right off as just a mere story of Bible. But because the Bible speaks of hell in so many different places, this story has got to be true. Amen. I'll give you a few passages this morning. It's spoken of unquenchable fire in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And here in verse, in chapter 16, verses 25, 27, 28, we're told that there's memory and remorse. Amen. In verses 24 and 25 of this chapter, unquenchable thirst. Revelation 14, 10 and 11 tells us there's a place of misery and pain. Amen. Matthew 24, 51 tells us it's a place of frustration and anger. Revelation 21, 8 tells us it's eternal separation. Understanding in hell, man will be given God's full, undiluted wrath, full vent. My God, of all the agonies of hell, and we've got quite a few agonies so far, but all the agonies of hell, perhaps the worst of all that is depicted by the word in verse 25, verse 25, where the one word says, remember. Remember, this word tells us that men in hell have the capacity to remember the events of this life and that they are forced to deal with those memories eternally. Uh, you probably don't know I'm walking right this morning. You don't like this kind of preaching. Watch this thing. What they remember? They will remember every sermon they heard and rejected. They will remember when the Lord convicted their hearts and they turned a deaf ear to the pleas of the Holy Spirit. My God. They will remember how God manifested himself in a thousand ways to draw them unto himself and they chose to ignore him and do things their way. They will remember and they will know they have no one to blame for their situation but themselves. So my question becomes this morning, what will you remember when you get help, my friend? What will you remember? Will you remember this service? Will you remember Now he is comforted and you are tormented. 
And besides all this, between us and you, there is this great gulf that is fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And when Abraham said, Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Verse 30, and he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, the one rose from the dead. This rich man is in hell. He finds himself in a place of flames and divine punishment. However, he has not changed the least. Amen. And this is seen in several ways in this passage. In verse 24, he still thinks himself superior and would see Lazarus sent into hell so that his needs might be met. We see that he is still selfish and he's still self-centered. And somebody this morning is on the same path. You're selfish and you're self-centered. Verse 20, secondly, verse 26 and 31 tells us that now this man has a burden for the lost, but he cares for none but those in his own family. And we see again, he doesn't say let me go back to witness, but let me go back to witness to just my family. We find that he is still selfish. Thirdly, verses 29 to 31 tells us that even in hell, he still hasn't figured out what it takes to keep a man from an awful place. He's stubbornly back for the salvation of his family, but he won't hear the truth that they must turn to God. My God, the whole point is that even in hell, he is totally unchanged. His own nature is still as self-centered as it ever was. There is no change. These verses tell that even when men find themselves in hell, they are still wretched, they are still lost, and they still have no room for God in their lives. My God. Some people believe that there will be a second chance after death. They believe that men will repent in the flames of hell and when they have paid for their sins, they will be released and taken to heaven. However, this passage does not show the rich man even uttering so much as one syllable of repentance did. Amen. He never begs for mercy. He never cries out for salvation. He shows no change of heart or mind whatsoever. So you say, what's the point? Men in hell are as lost now as they were when they were here. They, did not, they do not change and they do not get a second 
my God, if you have never been saved, saved by the grace of God, you need to take that sincere step today. Do not hold on to the foolish idea that there will be hope after death. Don't make that foolish statement on your way to hell. I thought I had more time to get myself together. My God. That's probably one of the greatest phrases on folks going to hell right now. I thought I had more time to get myself together. Failing to realize that for church folks, the church made up the folks who realized we couldn't get ourselves together. My God. Ah. Do not hold on to the foolish idea that there will be a second chance after death. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you die without Jesus, there is nothing waiting on you but the flames of hell. A recent ABC News poll revealed that 70% of Americans surveyed believe in a place called heaven. However, 56% believed only believe in a place called hell. People don't like to think about the reality of that awful place of torment, punishment, and separation. They don't like to think about that. But just because you don't believe it doesn't change the reality of it. It's still just as real as it ever was. Whether or not you believe it or not, hell is still real. Hell is real. Hell is eternal. And hell is bad. The good news this morning is that no person in this church has to go to hell. Amen. Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood, and rose from the dead to pay for your sins. If you will place your faith in him, you will be saved. And you will go to heaven, not to hell, when you leave this world. In fact, I'll give you a newsflash this morning, and this is free. Hell was never even created for you. Because Matthew 25 verse 41 tells us, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Therefore, if you choose to go to hell, instead of coming to Jesus, you choose to go to a place where you're not even wanted. I'm on track this morning. I know it's tight, but it's right. So if you choose to go to hell, you're choosing to go to a place you weren't even wanting. Amen. You will go to hell as an uninvited intruder. My God, my friends and my family, I beg you, please don't be like the rich man. Come to Jesus and truly be saved today. Amen. Understand me. It's not about how you feel. It's about how you live your life. The rich man had it going on externally, did he? Had all the fine things in life. But his money could not buy him 
understand who your Redeemer is, and you understand that our Redeemer lives, it takes the fear out of dying. If we have to try, we don't try for a believer who dies in Christ. We may cry for the physical presence, but if there must be weeping on this side as for ourselves, because for them the struggle's over, our struggle still must go on. My grandmother, before she died, she said, don't cry me, baby. You'll see me again. All you gotta do is live right, and you'll see me again. And that's my encouragement to you today. But living right means you gotta live right with Christ in your life. And not fitting Christ into your life, but losing your life in His. We don't fit Christ in when it's convenient. We fit Him in all the time, even when it's inconvenient. My God, somebody's missing this thing this morning. You don't lose, you don't put Christ in your life. You lose your life in His. And that's how you know that you know that when it's all said and done, you're on your way to heaven. And you should know right now, without a doubt, that if God was to call you home right now, you know without a doubt, I'm going to win heaven. Now, if you don't have that assurance, if you don't, I truly invite you to get with us after service so you can have that assurance. Because it's just that simple. Because what happens is this. As you come to know the Lord, you can't do all that you used to do. Come on now. You can't say all that you used to say. You can't go everywhere you used to go. I was telling young folks up there, I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you you can't go to the club. That's crazy. Because old folks that are young say they're going to the clubs. But I will tell you this. As you take more and more price into your life, you're going to find your club time cutting down. Amen. And eventually you're going to have a desire to go to the club anymore. Uh -huh. But to tell young people, you got to go from here to here, we didn't do it. We had to learn how to be bad. Folks got to learn how to be good. Amen. Are you so far? But as you allow more and more of your life to be lost in the Christ, as you allow more and more of your life to be lost in Christ, you lose more and more of those worldly temptations. Yes, so there are temptations. But watch what I said. As you allow, God does not make any of us do. And God does not send any man to hell. I should have not even designed for us. But man chooses to go to hell of his own free will. God has made every provision for man to be saved and go to heaven. He has. But he's still given us free will. And at the end of the day, the choice is ours where we'll end up. Please stay with me.